Deion Sanders recently opened up that the Colorado job was more than just a promotion for him. It changed the lives of many. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borwa, and joining me is John Garcia Jr., my recruiting insider, my savant, my everything in between. John, how you doing? I'm doing well, Kevin. Happy to be back on Locked on Buffs with you. Excited to see the growth. Hope there's more uh, interaction and, and feedback along the way. It's been fun. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate all the love. Um, Today, we're talking Deion Sanders gave us a little intel as to why he took the Colorado job. John has some recruiting updates about some major recruits. And then he also, not John, Deion Sanders doubled down on the Louis Vuitton comments that he first made um, when he met the, I guess, the initial Colorado roster. Uh, but before we get into all of that, um, let's just talk about his comments as to why he took the Colorado job. Um, there was no secret that multiple programs were after him. USF was in contention. There was a couple rumors the year prior that TCU maybe wanted him or maybe he wanted TCU. But regardless of who wanted who, he ended up at Colorado. And a lot of people, and he was talked about this um, on Ryan Clark's podcast, which is called, um, the name is escaping the me, The Pivot. pivot. Yep, The Pivot. Um, he, he explained that, a lot of people, they hated on him for leaving the Jackson State job because he said God guided him there, and then they hated on him for leaving, um, which is interesting because, for one, can, can God not, like, set you up for further opportunities? I don't know. That's, I mean, everybody's got different gods and everything, so I know that's a thing. But I'm just saying, set you up for different opportunities. But he said um, the job was more about than just moving up in the coaching world. It changed the life of his son, Shadur Sanders, who now plays Power 5 football, um, even away from football. It changed the life of... I think he mentioned three different athletic trainers um, that he brought over from Jackson State that will now have the opportunity to work at a Power 5 institution and make a career move that maybe wasn't in the cards for them prior or would have been a lot further down the road for them. Um, and it also his videographer who is with him since he was 17 years old, he said. And so I thought it was just interesting because a lot of people... The biggest critique of Deion Sanders was Jackson State was a stepping stone. Colorado is for the money. It's for to get himself to a better place. And so I thought it was interesting that it was kind of he opened up a little bit. Um, usually we kind of see his bravado, his the personality of Coach Prime. And I think we saw Coach Prime's maybe softer side, if you will, more humanized version of himself, John. Yeah, they did a great job on the podcast. Shout out to, to Ryan Clark and, and that whole crew. Uh, Channing Crowder provides kind of the comedy angle uh, on top of it. Yeah, it's it's smart uh, to th – this is what we talked about at the beginning, right? I think the first pod we did, the, the debut of Locked on Buffs, for better or for worse or in between, he's going to be honest and he's going to give you that access. So when he is a little bit more emotional, when he's more stern – uh, and everything in between, you're going to see elements of that basically at every step. I'd venture to say that, I mean, we already know how much is being filmed. It, it's it's borderline everything at this point. Let's just assume it is every single step is being filmed. So just like we see with reality TV and what's captivated this country, you're going to get a whole lot of ups and downs and everything in between with that. So you've got to take the humanity element of it. 
um, every step of the way. And, and I like that, as you just mentioned, KB, you saw some emotion in there, right? Um, because the initial drawback was was so, I guess, business-like, right? Oh, this was about money. Like you said, this is uh, a slap in the face to the HBCU programs, all these things that were so corporate and so business-like. But this was about Prime. This was about him going through these emotions and some of the positives of making what wasn't an easy decision has to do with just uplifting uh, the rest of the people around him. He's already been there, done that. So, And he's already heard everything, right? Imagine, imagine being the face of individuality and branding and marketing in a sport at a position where it didn't really exist in the late 80s. He, so imagine what he dealt with back then. So let me say that this is water off a duck's back at this point for, for Prime. But hearing what he has 30 plus years ago, that stuff's not going to bother him. But what on the other side uplifted him was his ability to push uh, some professionals and people close to him to a, a higher ceiling um, in, in a different part of the country. Um, so I, I do think... There's a lot of merit to that. But look, optics are optics, and we know that's going to play big with, with Prime because that is the stage that he has created. So it comes with that good and the bad, but it was good to see him expand a little bit more on, on taking the Buffs gig. Um, but again, it's it's the human element here. That's what, what needs to be celebrated. A lot of the scrutiny that he's going to face will have to do with anything but humanity so it was good to peel back the curtain at least for that even when he was talking about his health uh again go check out ryan clark's the pivot for for the full podcast there was you know there was a hitch or two in his conversation talking about blood clots and some of the stuff that he's dealing with after those amputations so there's there's a lot going on uh in boulder right now i think that was my tweet yesterday uh, a lot going on uh, in boulder right now and we're getting sort of an unprecedented look within it uh, and i think through that transition it's something unprecedented but it's going to create uh all the eyeballs and then the opinions coming in thereafter so it's good to see the human side of it finally taking center stage because it feels like that hasn't been a part of the conversation until now yeah i think a lot of the discussion was about he's propelling his career coaching wise and he's getting more money than he was at jackson state and i think a lot of people everyone does that though yeah like it, i think some people maybe hoped or believed that he was forever going to stay um, at the HBCU level, which I mean, at the time, maybe that was something that he had thought about or considered, but an opportunity came along that was better. And I don't think any coach in college football is going to turn down a promotion um, unless it's for like their dream, like school or if they're at their home, alma mater, whatever it may be. But it was just cool to see the human aspect of Deion Sanders because I, or coach prime, if you will, because I feel like we kind of see his, um, we see Coach Prime um, a lot. I don't feel like we get to see Deion Sanders, um, the right. person, um, which was really cool. And before we move on, it is the midway point of the NBA season. It's here and now, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Three's drained. It's always a good call. Nicole Jokic, triple-double, always a great call. Um, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. 
So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, John, this is your domain. Um, you have some recruiting updates on three of the most touted recruits in the country. Um, I believe they're all in the 2024 class, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this this spring game, the black and gold game for for late April is becoming its own thing. It's the first public marquee event in in the prime era there in Boulder and everybody is trying to make their way there. Obviously, we we saw all the reports on on the ticket sales and how sold out it really is and and how um how much how gaudy it is compared to years past. Um, obviously, we know television uh, companies, uh, celebrities, everybody's involved here, but it's for recruits, right? I mean, that's that's why you create the spectacle. Obviously, you're evaluating your own team, but you've got scrimmages every Saturday leading up to the spring game. So it's really about the recruits. Can you create a stage that that creates a desire, a demand, if you will, for mm-hmm. blue chip recruits to want to get to Boulder? Because we talked about so much recruiting on this pod looking back at the 23 class, the portal class, which is so strong and, and maybe growing here going forward. A lot of the issue with this first batch of recruits coming to Colorado is logistics. It's getting to Boulder. Um, but now in the class of 24, that's not going to be the issue. And I think that's where you could start to see, it won't be public fear, but you'll see the worry from other coaches and fan bases like, hey, every big time recruit at some point or another is going to at least consider a visit to Boulder, and half of them are going to take the visit to Boulder. And just about every day the last three days, we've seen new and bigger names uh, confirming that next month they will be in town for the spring game. I want to start at the very top with maybe the best defensive lineman in the country, Williams Nowerny, uh, out of the St. Louis area. This is a big-time inside-out defensive lineman, five stars, I believe, across the board, at this point, gaudy offer list, national recruit, everybody in the country wants this kid. Oklahoma just had him on campus, AM, Bama, Tennessee, Oregon, Mizzou's the, the local program. They're obviously right in the thick of the conversation. But he's going to get out to Colorado. Um, and he just got the offer, too. Just picked up the offer in the month of February. So this is all brand new on the Nowerny train. But again, Colorado's ability to attract at least – the interest, at least the intrigue mm-hmm. of elite prospects continues to show as we get further away from, you know, the splash of the hire itself. This is something that is clearly uh, going to have some legs and longevity attached uh, to its name. So Williams Nowerny would be would be the Cormani McLean grab of this class. So he's, he's at that level. Um, and, and again, now we're looking at it at other positions. Can can you build around what you've already brought in and start to go on, on the O-line, on the D-line, and everywhere else and match that blue-chip type talent with what you've done so early in, in, in the prime tenure? So he's the biggest fish that has confirmed plans to be at the spring game. And then in the last 24 hours, two more um, interesting prospects that seemingly have have already taken steps towards ending their recruitment are now taking a step back and saying, well, Colorado's in here now. Uh, Stacey Gage is the first one to talk about, a former IMG Academy running back. Now he's down at St. Thomas Aquinas, same school that produced Isaiah Harge, who signed with uh, with Colorado 
in the 23 class. He was actually a holdover from the Durrell recruiting class. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas, a, a national power in their own right, and Gage is, is going to be their bell cow in 2023 big physical downhill running back um long time uh, coveted recruit uh, blue chip from the jump type of player um out of the state of florida um and that's where anthony hankerson of course played ball uh, as well so there's a bit of a intriguing pipeline growing uh from saint thomas aquinas so if if gage who is also now confirmed for the spring game starts to consider colorado a little bit more this would be another huge splash because this kid's got ties to other programs. He's from Oklahoma, literally calls it home. Now they're going to be in it until the end. His dream school was Ohio State. You understand the running back history there. The Buckeyes are prioritizing him. They're in the group. But he told me yesterday, Kevin, Colorado's going to be in my top five. He's got a public top eight right now. So when he trims it, Colorado will be there uh, and presumably this Spring game visit will be part of the reason why, but he's another one who, again, Colorado wasn't even in the atmosphere, in the galaxy for this mm -hmm. kid, and now all of a sudden they're surging as a primary school. And then the following, or the final recruit, I should say, is Jordan Johnson Rebel. This is a Texan, and I think this is a great example of looking yeah. back at Prime's history, right? Because what youth team did Jordan Johnson Rebel play for? The Prime Truth team that Shador played for, that a lot of Dion's high school recruits from before the JSU gig took place within seven-on-seven seven and, and youth football, of course, huge in the state of Texas. So um, when a coach climbs up the ranks, now you can also filter back and peel it all the way back to Texas. We talk about Florida all the time, but Texas is obviously where Dion has, has made his home and his true uh, coaching foundation, if you will, from a national standpoint. Jordan Johnson Rebel is a Texan who's now at IMG Academy, secondary player, another one, um, offers everywhere, another Ohio State target. He's got USC in there, Florida, Miami, uh, a bunch of programs in this conversation, yet uh, again, set to make his first trip out to Boulder for the spring game. So all of these recruits should be considered uphill battles for Colorado, but you're, you're getting the box check that's most important in the spring, and it's trying to get blue chip recruits on campus. That is the true step one. Um, and, and these are just the three latest to confirm. There, there are going to be dozens of blue chip recruits in the 24 class, even into the 25 and 26 recruiting classes that will flock to Boulder because of the spectacle that Prime has created. So it will be must-see TV, not only because it'll be our first public impression of the buffs on the field, but look along the sidelines and in the stands, you could see some future buffs absolutely taking part. So this is this is the next step, and it's been borderline ideal for Colorado at this point, especially in this class of 24. Yeah, I think you, you hit on the nail on all the recruits being there is like a huge deal. Um, I also think an underrated aspect, uh, which we kind of we didn't glance over. It just wasn't during our time period yet. He had a lot of recruits visiting while it was snowing, which sounds very dumb. But a lot of these kids are from places where it doesn't snow and they're still it. loving Boulder and they're still raving about it. And so like my, I myself moved to Connecticut from California for one year and the snow killed me. I wasn't my thing. But these guys are going to Florida or going from Florida to Colorado when it's cold, when it's snowy and they're loving it. And so I think Deion Sanders is just kind of using the spring game as his a lot of programs do like summer barbecues or summer hangouts, whatever you want to call it. And the spring game is basically turning into that. It's going to be 
pretty close to a sellout crowd, I would imagine. Um, it was they were at thirty thousand and some tickets a couple weeks ago, so I imagine that number's only grown. And there's gonna be it's gonna be televised on ESPN, so all the recruits that don't go are gonna see it on ESPN. Um, it's gonna be a huge deal. Um, I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Buffs your first listen every day. Make sure to ch- make sure to check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available where- on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Um, it's a huge deal to get these kids out there in Boulder, and I think one of the biggest things about Deion Sanders taking the Colorado job was we knew he was going to bring in high profile people, but the way that he went about alerting last year's roster that he was bringing some high profile people was not well perceived at the time. Um, If you guys don't remember when Deion Sanders, which this was an interesting time period because he was still preparing and coaching Jackson state for the cricket bowl, um, which is the HBCU national championship. um, He came to Colorado said, I'm bringing my own luggage. It's Louie, so pack your bags. Basically telling everybody, get out. Like, everybody from this roster, I need you out of here. I'm trying to overhaul this roster, which he pretty much did. He brought in 40-something, I think it's 45. Um, could be 46 in the couple days, couple weeks. We don't know. Um, but at least over 40 players. Um, and he told a lot of the guys from last year, like, I would prefer you to not be here. That is basically, as bluntly as you could say it, Coach Prime said, please leave. And so they talked about it on Ryan Clark's podcast. And um, it was interesting because remind me of the other host, Nick Crowder, I believe is Channing Crowder. Yep. Channing Crowder. Thank you. I couldn't think of his first name. He was saying it was disrespectful um, that it was a disrespectful thing to say to the recruits. I mean, to the players and to their families or whatever. And coach prime and true coach prime fashion said, how's that disrespectful? They went one and 11. Like, I don't like, he basically said, nobody wants to be associated with one and 11. Um, yeah. so I, he doubled down on the Louie comments. And I think that's something that we're going to see a lot of. He also doubled down on the comments, which we wrote about over at Athlon, um, about his recruiting preferences. Um, I'll call it that. He said, we stereotype for everything. So what's the difference if I basically, he just vocalized it. So what are your thoughts on, I guess him doubling down on the Louie comments and just <laughs> the overall vibe, I guess. Cause I think they were yeah. expecting like an apology or like, flashback to our first segment of the day when he humanized himself. I think they were expecting him to be like, you know, maybe it wasn't the best thing to say to those young men. No, the reason there's, there's not a lot of coaches that have nicknames in the sport, right? So the reason coach prime is coach prime, because he is, he's different. He's individual. He is the face of this Colorado program as to where, you know, Caleb Williams is the face of USC and Drake May is the face right now of, of North Carolina, what have you. JJ McCarthy, Michigan. No, it's it's prime at Colorado. So you've got to you've got a persona that comes along with it. And again, we talked about it at the top of the show. This persona has been built through his teenage years way into the new millennium. So you're not going to get a whole lot of backtracking from prime. Not saying mm-hmm. it's impossible, but on that you know, highly critical moment where, look, he knew, God knows how many cameras were in there, right? He knew exactly what the plan was. And if there's some shock and awe element to this, so be it. His job is to initially build buzz and interest and then coach from there. And, And let's extract it even further. I played football for 16 years. Whether it was youth football, high school, certainly in college, almost every head coach and position coach I ever had said my job is to develop you or replace you 
this is business in, in the sport of football. I know as we get further into 23, it's about PC and participation trophies and all that stuff. And that's great in a lot of areas and venues, but this is football. This is a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar business at the collegiate level. And your name is attached to this program. And by the way, these leashes on coaches relative to building and turning around a team, they're shorter than they've ever been. Three to four years, max. <laughs> max, exactly. Look, look at Auburn. Brian Harson got two years and, and a hook. We've seen that at many places over the last four, five, six years in the sport. So who's to say that Dion's going to have time to play some of those, you know, let's make them feel good games? Uh, doesn't mean you're harsh and brutal all the time, but there is a business element to this. So I have no issue with him not only not apologizing, but doubling down on that stance because yeah you should challenge that group that you're inheriting because they were terrible let's let's just say it they were terrible on the field one win against cal a bunch of blowouts thereafter sure there were some injuries and extenuating circumstances in a a pac-12 that's getting better and better but the record is what it is right to quote bill parcells your your, your record is what what it says it is um so 111 is 111 so if nothing else you were challenging the metal of those players to say, hey, I'm trying to replace you, but make me go the other way. Make me mm. push back on those comments. But look, man, I, I played small school ball, and, and that's the conversation that was was going down. So, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for, for young men in this situation. This isn't high school. This isn't middle school. This is college. I mean, and we're paying players now. This is borderline professionalism. You want to keep pushing in that direction, these things come along with it. So not only am I not surprised, I agree with Prime on this stance. Um, and, and look, you're going to get a lot of stubbornness from him. That That's what makes many coaches great uh, and creates their identity. So again, just like he said with the stereotyping uh, position coach or position relative to you know his, his parental situation or his background, like he said, people talk about that all the time. I'm just the one to go say it. They say it behind closed doors. I'll say it in front of a camera. So the boldness of Deion Sanders is, is due uh, some reward here because, look, I, I've, again, been in this game on this side of the coin for 12 years. Everybody talks about those things. College coaches with rings all the way down to the high school coaches that don't have one Division One player, these kind of perceptional stereotypes are absolutely a part of the game. So again, Dion's going to bring a lot to light and that is the allure of bringing him in. He's going to be a contrarian. He's going to do his own thing. And that spotlight, good, bad, or indifferent, even if it moves is going to be headed in that direction, almost 24 seven. And this is just another uh, example of that. Yeah. He isn't afraid to vocalize um, anything, which I think is, Something we don't see um, often called trouble. I think the closest, well, actually this past year, we had Nick Saban kind of say that, not really kind of, he said Jimbo Fisher bought his class. Yeah. But that was like a huge deal. Um, I think they both kind of maybe had a talking to with amongst each other or whoever it may be, but that was like intense. That was like a huge deal in college football. Deion Sanders is doing that pretty much every day, it feels like, where he's saying something where it's like, oh, college coaches don't normally say that. And while some people are upset about it, and I'm sure it'll rub some recruits and recruits as families the wrong way, 
um, it's going to attract some people because he's being blunt. He's being honest. And like you said, college football is a business. Um, it was already a business before and NIL and all of this other stuff has only made it that much more a business. And so I think, especially with the roster he inherited, and I don't, I doubt he was scrolling through TikTok like I was at the time, but there was guys making memes of like coach prime telling them to hit the portal. And there was like Colorado players making memes during this or making videos during the season, kind of in a joking way about losing games. And I think he just, it was a time for a program reset, a cultural reset. And obviously you want your own new guys in there. And so I think, rather than waiting for them to fizzle out and oh in two years this will be completely my roster he just skipped that part and said let's do it now all of you who don't plan on being serious about this get out um a lot of these guys landed at new homes and new programs and they'll have a chance to re um revive their their playing career but it's just not going to be at colorado and i think it was aggressive um, I won't deny that. I think I would probably my jaw would drop to the my jaw dropped to the floor when I saw the video for the first time. But I mean, that's just who he is. And I think we're going to continue to see that um, throughout the his tenure at Colorado and his career in college football. Um, but yeah, they were kind of it was kind of funny because on the podcast, they were hoping for him to maybe rescind his comments a little bit. And that's that's not what they got. Um that's not what they got from coach prime and that's not what you guys will get from locked on buffs um we appreciate you guys listening to locked on Buffs. every day is your first listen for your second listen check out our brand new podcast locked on college basketball experts isaac shot and andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court plus hear from big name experts coaches and players throughout the basketball landscape locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast uh make sure to check out all of our episodes like share subscribe whatever this yesterday we talked about um, I had locked on Big 12's host Josh Neighbors come on. We talked about Colorado possibly flirting with the Big 12 again. Um, so we got you all covered. We got you recruiting, football, everything in between. Make sure to check us out at Locked On Buffs. We appreciate appreciate you guys for listening, watching, however you get Locked On Buffs, and we will see you guys tomorrow.